Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to episode 27 of the Inferno Suns podcast for Believe Sports, Believe Network, based in L.A., but we are based in Phoenix for this podcast, and we got a lot to talk about. Monty Williams, let's get right to it. Wow. Um, To be fired after getting Coach of the Year last year, it's not an uncommon thing in the new NBA, especially for the past 12 years. George Carl was the first to ever have that happen. I believe it was the year 2010 or 2011 when that happened. What what year was that said? Yeah, I think it was 2010. Yeah, so uh, shout out to my co-host, Cedric Sabalas, legendary Suns player and former Laker, and Dr. Patrick Batil, a.k.a. super fan, Mr. Orange of uh, the Suns faithful. And congratulations to graduating from Grand Canyon University officially last week with your PhD. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And so I've seen you on the road in Denver a couple times as well as in Los Angeles. It was a fun ride while it lasted. It was really short. But the thing is, is that I expected it to be short against the Denver Nuggets, to be honest. Uh, we, they, they were the better team. You know, they were the better team all year. They had the number one seed in the Western Conference uh, for over 100 days this past regular season. And they were out basically outmatching the Suns from the jump. They have a two-time MVP and runner-up for that award in Nikola Jokic this year. And he just outplayed DeAndre. And the list goes on. The Ispia trade, Monty Williams getting fired on Saturday – May 12th, I'm sorry, May 13th. And that actually is not far from the higher date of when he was brought on to the Suns as head coach four years ago, uh, May of 2019. So uh, a lot to unpack here. Let's start with you, Said. What do you think about this firing? Well, I kind of called it uh, when uh, Budenholzer uh, got fired. I mean, the fact that he just won a championship and you know, for a man to win the championship and two years later. And I thought that, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks fell apart with injuries. They didn't fall apart because they didn't have the uh, the knowledge or or, or the personnel or, or fact the desire to play. Uh, so I kind of called this. Uh, if, if they were going to get eliminated any round uh, other than the finals or the Western Conference finals, that uh, his job would be in jeopardy. And that's mostly, like you said before, this is the league now, especially with the coaches. They sign five-year deals. They give. They have four to really, uh, you know, prove. But on that fourth year, it doesn't matter what you do in that first or second year. It's really that fourth year that, uh, you know, ownership or or management uh, makes that evaluation on it. Do they extend you to a big contract, or or were you doing uh, in their eyes mediocre work where they can start over again with somebody else with a new contract and. Uh, it's the unfortunate thing. Uh, it's fortunate that the, the salaries of the coaches are where they are, but it's unfortunate that 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 third or fourth year is really uh, where you're credited or evaluated on your on your coaching skills. Sure, Patrick, what's your take on Monty Williams getting ousted? 
Yeah, you know, uh, similar to said, um, this league is very much what have you done for me lately? And so everyone will point back to, you know, everything Monty has done, the turnaround. No one will discount or debate that, I don't think. So there's a lot of emotion involved, reaction across um, you know, media, other coaches, you know, Doc Rivers talked about it today, um, and then obviously fan base and, and media. And at the end of the day, you have a new owner as well. And so that's a whole nother piece that you layer in here um, on top of, again, exiting second round and the way you exited at home. Um, you know, all those pieces put together, I, you know, I said it as well that, you know, I, I no matter what, I appreciate and, and love Monty as a person and a man. Um, but from a business perspective, I, I anticipated this happening as well. And so um, to Seth's point, from a financial perspective, Monty will be, you know, very well off. And, and if he wants to coach again, I'm sure he'll land a gig heading right into next season as well. Um, and so from from the Phoenix perspective, and obviously with Matt Ishbia taking over as well, um, I, I didn't anticipate any less especially with um, not just the last game, but you look at so many games. We The Suns really weren't – there was no blowout wins. The one game, you know, where there was an opportunity to do that, that lead was diminished, and uh, every game was either a nail-biter or the Suns, Suns were, were really uh, beaten uh, very well and handedly. And so when you look at that and what we have on the floor and adjustments and things that are within control, whether it's on Monty fully or not, um, change is sometimes what – uh, people look to and specifically again having a new owner which very similar to Milwaukee uh, you're going to make those changes and and bring in you know fresh blood or somebody that is quote-unquote yours that you you know have interviewed or have an input on um, especially when you make some major moves like Matt Ishbia did so uh, not surprised wish Monty nothing but the best again what he's done for this franchise turning it back around again um, will always be part of of the Suns history and success and and he's a key part of making that happen. Right. Well, I will say that uh, shout out to all the mothers out there on Mother's Day. But I will speak to my father's uh, mantra from years ago when he taught me about the NBA and how you can't fire the players, so you got to fire the coach. That's what he used to always tell me back in the 90s and how the coaches always get the blame in the league no matter what the players do wrong. And so the players didn't do anything wrong, but the, let's consider where the Suns were at entering this season. They, the, the, the way that the Suns were made up, it was the fourth oldest team in the league entering this season. Then they had the Jay Crowder situation. They had the Aiton situation. They brought him back and let the market, and literally, um, actually Indiana, create the market value for Aiton, not the Suns themselves after what happened with game seven's debacle last year at home against the Mavericks and Aiton's fallout with Monty. Then uh, the youth is really from Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, and Cam Johnson. Their draft picks from 2018 and 19, respectively. So they gave away two of their role players to get older and get older players like Terrence Ross, who has been in the league for, uh, what, eight years, 12 years. <laughs> I mean, that's a big gap, but he's been in the league a very long time, at least 10 years, right? So he's an aged, young, uh, older player, 31 years old, and they got Kevin Durant, who's 34 years old, and he's had injuries, lower leg injuries for the past four years, which I know why Monty said, I like my team, I like our team the way it is, and for what price should we get Kevin Durant? He did not want to trade. James Jones did not want to trade. 
to get Kevin Durant until Ishbia came in. And then they basically had to pr pretty much follow the black hand, if you will, with Matt Ishbia as the new owner to get this deal done. So it was a win now mentality, mortgaging the future as Mishbia is a, the nation's leading mortgage lender uh, with the United <laughs> Wholesale Mortgages, right? And so that just showed how he was banking on one guy giving up literally everything, the farm, just to get uh, really one guy because it, they threw T.J. Warren in the deal, but they really didn't play him in the regular season after they got him and then maybe played him towards the tail end of the playoffs. And so they got T.J. Warren back and you know, from four years ago when he was here. And then the thing is that they got – Kevin Durant, while he was injured, he was coming off a knee injury, hadn't played since January 8th, played his first game on March 1st. Uh, and then three, you know, three games later, he gets injured again, you know, for the first home game. And he misses basically three weeks. And so they didn't have time to gel with him. And then Chris Paul gets injured, right? And so they sit him, uh, and then he gets injured in the playoffs. And he they're already old with him in running the offense. They basically had to craft the offense uh, around – playing him off the ball to manage his age and the fact that he was slowing down the offense and to basically much, you know, manage his minutes so they don't wear him down. So they're trying to do all these things after siphoning Kevin Durant and giving away their future of five draft picks and two, three of their best role players after they didn't handle the Jay Crowder situation, uh, you know, in the best way and trying to bring him back. And they gave away their two best role players, one of the best on-ball defender in Mikhail Bridges and the best spot-up shooter, arguably, in the league in Cam Johnson. It was also a great rebounder. And you got this basically for one guy that you're trying to get him to do everything, is handling the ball, shooting on, you know, pretty much off the dribble and isos and, and doing everything to make him a decoy. And players just couldn't get shots up. So... Ishbia coming in and then expecting Monty to figure this all out was too much pressure. So I'm just thinking to myself, this new NBA where you have to have it all now is so much against the old NBA uh, in which players and coaches pretty much stayed for five, six, seven years on end. And, you know, gone are the days of the Doug Moes, the, you know, the Frank Laydens and the Jerry Sloans. And there's only one guy who's really still around who can have a tanking season, and that's Greg Popovich. And I think that if Greg Popovich retires, Monty will likely end up back in San Antonio as a head coach there because he lives there during the offseason. Or he could be in Philadelphia because I think Doc Rivers is going to get fired after dropping game seven after having a 3-2 lead or is a 3-1 lead in that Philadelphia uh, Celtics series. It was 3-1 lead, right? Yeah. Okay, so that means that likely Monty could end up going back to Philadelphia and being a head coach after coming to Phoenix and being an assistant in Philadelphia. So Doc Rivers is probably end up going to be a candidate for the Suns job, and they could end up being a swap. Now, who do you think would be the best coaching candidates to come to Phoenix and fulfill what Monty Williams tried to do and then some? Said, you'll go first, please. Well, let's start on the business side. Uh, you know, business side, Thunder Dan is sitting over there, and um, you know, that would definitely boost up morale, boost up ticket sales, boost up uh, advertising, money, 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 money when Thunder Dan's uh, presence is there. And also two-time MVP Steve Nash, after leaving Brooklyn, having his first tender at the head coaching job, 
so for business wise, if, if, if Matt is looking for uh sort of big ticket, you know, those are two big ticket items that can come along. Uh, as far as the, the, the sequence of players that are, that are on the roster now, um, I'm, I'm gonna throw Steve Kerr's name in the, in the, in the mix, even though, uh, they hadn't been brought up for him, uh, you know, being fired or, or him wanting to move on. But I just think his team is built for him. Uh, I think this team is also built for the person that he took over, Mark Jackson. Uh, he just got an interview with the Bucks, uh, But I think Phoenix is a, a team that needs what he did to Golden State. And, and then Steve Kerr took over. Uh, a, a guy that you know, will have an ear for the players, uh, will have uh, the trust, both of them. Uh, I think Steve and and Mark would have the trust of the players, and um, you know, you know, being former players will be a lot, a lot um, in, in the limelight that they'll come to him a little bit more. I, I I don't know if I wasn't in the locker room. I'm not really sure the conversations that they had with Monty, but obviously we all know that he couldn't get Aiton to get along on the same train as everybody else. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but that that's going to be a key p opponent, uh, you know, and whether they and then look at the personnel. Uh, you know, James has got to figure out, do we keep the big fella? And if we do keep the big fella, uh, you know, how do we manage his ego and keep him happy and, and make uh, make things peaceful for him so he can uh, go back to playing, uh, you know, the number one pick basketball as he's predicted to be and also the big contract that he's, uh, you know, proven himself to have. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's some other players. I mean, you know, Byron Scott is out there. I talked to Buddy Scott last summer and he said he wouldn't mind coaching again. Uh, he's an Arizona State guy, so that could be another, you know, little, you know, ticket-wise. Uh, after moving from uh, television's pay-per-view, pay so to speak, sports, or free sports again, uh, you know, these are all additives that that he's going to have to lay on the table. I'm talking about the owner, Ishba, and uh, and try to see uh, what he's going to do, Patrick, because it's it's a lot of things up in the air, and I don't know at this point if it, if it has anything to do with X's and O's. Yeah, uh, I don't. I can't even begin to think about what uh, Matt Ishbia wants to do. Um, there's there's plenty of candidates out there, but it seems it seems to me he has kind of his mind already made up, if you will. And either those are candidates, and there's been some rumors already with current you know sitting coaches uh, that rumors are out there like Ty Lue and wanting to lure him away, whether that's accurate or not, you know, just being reported. But, but from what, what his actions have already indicated, like coming in and right before the trade deadline, just kind of stepping over and saying, no, this is what we're going to do as the owner. And, and we're making this trade and sending this guy, um, you know, to me is very interesting on what that's done to James Jones, just his image across the league um, as president and GM. And so I, I think, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does, the dynamic as well with Aiden. Obviously, I think it's June 23rd or so before he can even be talked about, you know, moving from here. Um, you know, culture is where it has to start. So DA either needs to get the heck on board um, or he needs to get out of here because um, or a coach needs to come in that's going to really be able to, you know, knock him into shape and he's going to have consequences that fall along with it. Um, you have some crazy stuff going around the league. What happened with John Moran again today? Um, you know, and, and Dana, I know we we spoke about that offline all day. So there's so much going on. And I think Matt Ishbia has shown he will act on whether that's emotion or feeling or impulse or whatever that is. Um, so to me, I don't even know. It, it could be a candidate none of us have even named. 
you know, Isaiah Thomas is always around. What role does he want within an organization? Because I've seen him at so many games already. Everyone knows how big he is uh, in Matt Ishbia's book. So um, I think it's just going to be uh, interesting to see how how things start to shake out. So I have absolutely no idea where uh, this will land from a coaching perspective. How quick is Ishbia going to move to get this person in? And is James Jones safe in, in his role? Or do they put him back to just GM and bring in someone else to lead him uh, from a president, you know, perspective i think there's a whole lot still um that we're gonna see shake out you know here in the next few weeks and months you know patrick let me add this before you jump back in dana um comfortable being comfortable too with matt when you brought up isaiah you know just being comfortable and i know he just retired but uh for Izzo to be at the games was really shocking to me you know what i'm saying like if if he said he retired because it's it's time and health wise and this that, and that I mean it just seems like he like you know and 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 I know if I you know had came across an opportunity of a team and I had a coach that took me to a national championship and gave me an opportunity and this is an opportunity to sign him for a five year deal to go off into the Windworth with twenty thirty million dollars. I, I yeah. would return that favor for my coach. I know I would, you know, yeah, yeah. That's program, a what's going on. I will return that favor. And, and and if he does great, great, that's perfect. But if he doesn't, you know, it was, you know, here you go, coach. I appreciate you, you know, giving me the opportunity to win the national champion and be a part of your team because it brought me to this point. Can we agree that Matt Ishby is really trying to bring Michigan to Phoenix? <laughs> the whole <laughs> squad, man. I mean, he's really just – think about the recent uh, signing – uh, our hiring of, of Josh Bartlestein, you know, and, and, and how he's a, a former uh, exec in the Pistons organization and bringing him on as a CEO to replace Jason Rowden, you know, as the president, right, and CEO. So that right there tells me that definitely Michigan connections are at play here. And yeah. with Isaiah always at the games, even the road games, you know, in the playoffs, right, and the Clippers, and uh, so I'm in Denver, and – I like Isaiah. Zeke's a good dude. Really cool. Good, you know, he always says what's up to me. Loved the Mary Thomas story on NBC back in the day, you know, you know about his mother. And, you know, that's what got me into basketball. It's always cool to see him. But I'm wondering if, and I hate to throw this rumor out, but did he advise Ishbia to fire Monty Williams? Because Isaiah is a guy that is on NBA TV all the time. He can watch the games from his house. He, he watched the games from NBA TV in the Techwood campus uh, over there in Atlanta, you know, and I, and I know that campus because I used to live right down the street from there with my wife in Atlantic Station. So he can watch all the games from there, but he has to be in Phoenix for every game. So it means that he's here for a reason. It, it doesn't mean that he's just, you know, buddy-buddy and watching the game with, you know, chewing on uh, a pretzel with Ishbia, you know, as something as like a perk. He can go to any game he wants to. He's Isaiah Thomas. He's a Hall of Famer, right? So, yeah, Dana. Remember, remember, it was the first day that Matt Ishbia was at his press conference, and and news had broke, you know, from media that he was already bringing uh, Isaiah Thomas on board. And yeah, his question on, and I covered that press conference. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, he answered it very politically, where he is not coming in right now. There's a role for anybody. Will you rule him out? So it was very, very 
clear that he was not saying no. Right. Uh, he was not saying yes at the time. So I, I would be surprised if we start next season and, and Isaiah Thomas says I have some type of a capacity role uh, within this organization. But back to the head coaching position, who knows? And and again, with the president and again with James Jones as president of NGM, what is all of that going to look like? But right now, you can see he has very little control. Um, if the reports are accurate that you saw from Woj again today, uh, you know, during the pregame. I saw the- game seven where he said you know he he changed his article from last yeah, night i saw that his words today yeah, were, that he updated the, the article exact, right yeah exactly the words were the same exact thing where ishbia is running the show um you know and and monty got the call from james jones probably because of their relationship i would hope but um you know of course james jones had to say what he said in the press release i mean i think we all know that yeah because um, the hierarchical so, structure and how it goes and that the gm has to fire the yep. coach not the owner firing the coach and ishbia was the one who spearheaded this durant trade yep. which you know frankly monty didn't want that trade he didn't want it. He wanted the team to be intact the way it was, even though it was basically the, the team had fallen short. But he liked the way the team had grown together and he grew that group and, and became a, a championship contender and won 64 games last year and then gut them. It's like and he literally said, you know, at what price? You know, and so that showed that Monty pretty much and James Jones did not have the uh, the final decision, final call on – blocking that Durant trade that they had been for months and Durant probably all through the, the summer until they finally Durant probably said it's finally uh and it said that Nash basically kissed and made up until Nash got fired and then Kyrie Irving left so that tells me that there's obviously work at play with and they also you want to include uh, Willie Green who also is a Detroit native and that's part of the possible connection of bringing Willie Bre- Green back uh, if he's a coaching candidate, if he wants to possibly interview for the job to come back here as a former assistant uh, under Monty Williams and see if that can work for what he's done in New Orleans to be back here. Now, I don't agree with that, but I've seen his n- name swirled around a little bit, too, as, as well as Ty Lue and all the other coaches that said has talked about. So that makes me think if Monty Williams is out the door. And DeAndre Ayton is out the door. And I think he has a, a part of a restricted free agent um, clause where he can, uh, or, or part of his clause, he can veto a trade for a year uh, up to the, right? Yeah, that's up until the June, like, 23rd. Then he okay. won't be able to. Yeah, so I'm sure they wait till then. But right. Seth, what, what do you, what do you and, and Dana said first, what do you think about um, James Jones? One, is he safe? Two, does his role get diminished? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I had thought that the that GM role was perfect for him. I thought that when they when they moved him up, that was, you know, very, very huge. And, and then that's when you see a lot of internal problems that's going on that, you know. So uh and let me throw this out there, because I'm not too sure if he's comfortable handing out fines. But Joe Dumarsh did an excellent job uh, uh running the Detroit Pistons, man. One of the, the Bad Boys Two era, uh with uh the, the championship as well. Uh, you know, put a couple of Hall of Famers out there and and I think that this that may be another Detroit, you know, Michigan connection that may be going on. Not really too sure about that, but that's probably maybe far-fetched. But, uh, you know, it, for, for a while, he's been quiet. Uh, and then Draymond woke him up with that fine. And he had some other, you know, John Morant woke him up with that fine and stuff that he was Dylan doing. Dylan Brooks, of course. We are not talking about the 25K. So then, you know, I don't know if really – I, I haven't spoken to Joe. And, uh, you know, but I, I, mean, I would think if he had an opportunity – uh, you know, you take full advantage of it because he still has a lot of basketball knowledge. 
Uh, but I, I, you know, in order and 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 speaking with Aiden, you know, it's funny because when I when I come to the games, I try to come a couple hours early and just sit around and just listen and just try to pay attention. And it just seemed like every executive was coming to me asking me, you know, how do we get the big fella going? How do we get the big fella going? I said. Well, you know, I got some ideas, but I need to be on staff to get into these, you know, these answers. But it's just, it just seems like, uh, you know, his feelings are hurt to me. And it definitely looked like his, not just his rib, but his feelings were hurt in that final media availability on Friday. He looked like he was about to cry. I, I, I have to say, he just looked very emotional talking, and he felt like. It looked like he felt as if his days were numbered in Phoenix, and he wants to be here. And his head was down. He just looked very despondent, and I almost felt bad for him. I I just felt that he just is a kid that just wants to be where he was raised in Phoenix by way of the Bahamas, yeah. and his mother and family's based here. And you know what reason should he leave? And he's the number one overall pick, and for the Suns' first uh, ever. And that's where he wants to retire here. But he knows that the fan base and everybody who questioned his motor, like I questioned him, like what he thought about that. And he said, I'm dominating, man. I don't know what that is. And I'm like, you know, he didn't really respond well with his performance since that, you know, statement. And so that showed that, I mean, of course, Jokic is way more talented than Aiton and just exposed him. And so it just, with a fully healthy Nuggets squad, Suns were not going to beat them. I knew that. And so uh, the blame, even what Stephen A. Smith said uh, today, Sunday, uh, that he got, you know, Monty Williams fired, which I think is ridiculous. There's more to the silver lining than that. Um, I believe that Aiton, he, he just knows that the pressure is on to take the brunt of what has happened with Phoenix's collapse and that he didn't basically man up and take, you know, uh, the, that game six, like a Willis Reed and come out there and try to save the franchise from the brink of elimination. And uh, I mean, I saw that shot to the rib he took, man, from Bruce Brown. I mean, you get an elbow on el uh, to the rib or a knee to the rib like he took. I mean, I'm not playing game six, too, man. I get it. So I felt bad for him. So in that sense, with Aiden possibly out of here, what about Chris Paul? Here we are again talking about this as we did a couple episodes ago. Now that – I remember what you said said about if they lose in the second round or the way that they lose, he could be out of here. How do you feel about that now? Yeah, I still feel that way. Uh, they had to they had to finish this thing all the way off for him to stay. Even if they went to the finals and lost again in the finals, I think that it was still going to be a, a situation where he's going to be out of here, even with the, the acquisition of, of Kevin Durant. Um, and I think both parties were going to be fine with that. Uh, I think he wants to go team up with a super team. Lakers, maybe, you yeah. know, who knows? Finally. Yeah. We, we'll see. I mean, he'd been trying to, he'd been trying to milk that for years or a possibility to go back uh, to the Clippers. But I think, you know, he still has his homes there. His kids still go to school there. Right. Uh, and it's just a, it just seems like that's fitting, you know, and, and, and the biggest thing, and I thought, you know, would, you know, a lot of people are really, you know, they, they can go ahead and point their finger at eight and, uh, but I, I think the biggest punch in the mouth was, uh, and, and, and everybody gets on this guy all the time, but Cam, uh, when Cam got hurt, uh, and then Chris got hurt, that was the kicker because Cam, uh, needed that time when Chris was down to become a lead point guard. 
and he was down too. So uh, I think they might have had a chance against Denver if you can get 40-40 from the two big dogs. And, and you really like the way Cam showed up uh, in the last game. If he had more time to mature and get to that point, I still think it, you know it's it's different when you're coming off the bench OKC and you're playing and you're goofing around and you're Russell's dance partner and you come in and make the crowd woo woo woo. But it, at some point, it it was the the changing of the guard. Like, look, Chris Paul will finish this game, but you have to be Chris Paul with activity, with defense, with shots, with playmaking, with controlling the team for three quarters. And I still thought that his and his mentality in his mind, he thought he was a you know a specialist, an energy guy. Uh, he has he has passed that in my eyes, but I don't think his confidence had put him to a point. And maybe I don't know if Monty had had these conversations with him because I'm not in that locker room. But I just thought that he had an opportunity uh, to really be the dominant point guard for three quarters, and then that'll keep Chris healthy enough to, to finish off, you know, his mid-range game, his pick-and-roll game in the fourth quarter uh, when they needed him. Absolutely. I believe that Chris Paul couldn't stay healthy, and I never agreed with putting campaign on the bench when Chris Paul came back in December against the Celtics. I thought campaign should have stayed in rhythm, and they, he was averaging, you know, 13 points between uh, you know, that 14-game stretch where Chris was out. And also six rebounds campaign was in his rhythm. He was playing well. And then they put him on the bench and then he got injured. And then he was out for basically two, three months with a foot injury. And then he had lower back soreness because he lost his rhythm. And I agree with you, man. And now with that game, basically as the 31 points that the season and the losses that he had, I believe that that's an audition for him to go somewhere else to create some value in a trade package to get somebody. And that's where I wonder and I know, Patrick, that John Morant is not on the trade table as of yet. But if Matt Ishbia really, really wants to do something with uh, having John Morant here for dames and jersey sales, Chris Paul and campaign and someone else might be a draft pick to get John Morant out of Memphis because I don't think that he'll – be in Memphis anymore after what's happened with that new video of him on IG Live with the gun. Patrick, I'll let you close it out, and then we got to go to end this whole uh, episode 27. No, thank you, Dana. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Uh, we have enough uh, drama going on in the Valley now uh, with all the action going on. Let's uh, get weird, man. Let's get weird. Yeah, I mean, if, if, that, if you want a circus, that, that will just contribute to it with another crazy piece. No. So, uh, truly, though, the NBA is going to have to rule on that. I don't think any team, as I told you earlier, is going to act on that until a decision is made from the NBA and how they're handling him. Um, to again with Matt Ishmael and the, the actions he's already taken, I'm not ruling anything out. Uh, but if I'm the owner, that that's not a a piece I'm I'm taking a risk with right now. I mean, this is multiple times um, he understood, he said the severity of it, um, apologized, etc., and then to have it happen again so soon after that, um, there there's concerns there about character and. Um, you know, how is that going to, you know, impact the culture here? And so, yes, he's talented, but to me, it's not at that cost. Said, let me ask you this. I mean, I'm, since we're getting crazy out here, Dana got the crazy button now. Yeah, he does. How about Aiden for Kyrie Irving and Maxi Kleba? Uh, you know, now we have, you know, does, you know, Chris Paul moves on and then obviously said Cam gets a good deal somewhere else, an opportunity for it to be his own, have his own team. 
Uh, now you got a real finisher that it seemed like that. I would love this if Monty stayed because it didn't seem like that we had a lot of adjustments when we were just ISOing your turn, your turn, your turn, your turn. So if we go just your turn, why not get one of the best ball handlers in the world and finishers at the basket or three pointers in Kyrie Irving. And then when you can, we can, they could just take turns being your turn, your turn. You have a filler, uh, you know, obviously in those other positions. And I love Kleba, the way he guards and he defends and he competes. He competes, you know, he might not have the, the talent uh, of all of it, but he will compete and he doesn't mind sticking his nose in there. Sometimes it ends up getting dunked on, but most of the times it's blocks and and he can also stretch that defense and, and knock down shots, uh, which, they, you know, they would need with a, with a team like Kyrie Booker and, and uh, Kevin Durant. They need two other guys that can really get out of the way, play great defense and knock down shots. Yes, please. That's definitely not uh, Dana crazy button level. That is uh, much more, I think, realistic and attainable uh, for sure. I'm not saying it's, I want it. I'm just saying that Matt Ishbia clearly showed from this firing of Monty Williams that he does not care about character and culture. Not, not He doesn't because if he did, then Monty Williams wouldn't be fired as quickly as he was two days after their season-ending loss. And I know the whole new voice thing, and I agree with you, Patrick, on that. But I'm thinking that if Matt Ishbia just wants names and doesn't care about culture that's been created over the past four years with the success Monty Williams has had as the fourth all-time leader in Suns history among coaches for wins, and then to turn this franchise around from 10 years of basement dwelling and not having anybody here that wanted to come here, they don't want to have Chris Paul come here and bring them, uh, lead them to the final with Devin Booker, and then having Kevin Durant want to come here and saying it twice within a year and then just having a, this turn into an attraction under what Monty did. There's no way that Matt Ishbia cares about characters. So that's why I'm saying, you know, that's probably why I could see that the, the, the illusion and lack of logic there is more of an emotional decision. And that's why I see like that's probably having John Morant in the ballpark to have names and to some superstar glitz of South Phoenix to have either Kyrie Irving come in or to have John Morant come in to replace Chris Paul, who's 38 and basically been injured. And yeah. it basically reminds me of Nash at the tail end of his career before he got traded to the Lakers for that one year in 2012 for that so-called super team that fizzled out quickly. So that's why I say that. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I just say sure. this is what I see with – Matt Ishbia's decision-making within the past 24 hours. Well, I'll say we do know one thing he doesn't care about, and that's money, because he said it, uh, and obviously paying Monty Williams 23 to 28 million, the rumor is, uh, to leave. Um, you know, clearly he, he's going to make the decisions he thinks are best, uh, regardless of money, and he made that comment directly regarding, uh, you know, the whole deal and the TV deal and, um, you know, the money piece there. So uh, it's going to be interesting, fellas. we got to buckle up because we're going to have a, a very exciting summer covering uh, each and every move that is coming down from uh, Matt Ishby and the, the new look Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and Matt Ishby claimed at that press conference to introduce himself and his brother that he's a steward rather than owner. So he absolutely looks either as a steward by the end of the summer or in the next season or stupid. Yeah, one of the two. I don't know who he's stewarding, though. Uh, I don't know who's in those conversations, but <laughs> said yeah. I don't know if it's you, but it sure is not us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, not me at all. I mean, they they asked me about coming back, but that was just, you know, passing in the, in the night. So 
No doubt. Uh, well, thank you everybody for listening into the channel. I'm sorry for episode 27 of the Believe Podcast, The Inferno, with my fellow co-hosts Seth Sabalas and Patrick Batillo. Doctor Patrick Batillo, excuse me. I need to put that on top of your title, aka Mr. Orange, a super fan for the Suns, and myself, Dana Scott. Till next time. We'll see you later, and we'll let you know the updates on anything we hear in episode 28. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.